Welcome to Mastering Your Financial Life, hosted by Judy Heft, the founder and CEO of Judith Heft & Associates, financial and lifestyle concierge. This year, she's celebrating 27 years in business. In every episode, Judy interviews professionals who help others successfully manage their financial lives. You can find this show on YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Judy is the author of two books, How to Be Smart, Successful, and Organized with Your Money for a Better Today and Tomorrow, and her latest book, Mastering Your Financial Life Cycles, How to Successfully Manage Money in Every Decade of Life. You can read chapters of her books and catch prior episodes of the show at www.judithheft.com. Now, here's the host of Mastering Your Financial Life, Judy Heft. Hi, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to episode 55 of Mastering Your Financial Life. I'm Judy Heft, financial and lifestyle concierge, working with high net worth individuals and small businesses to help them with bookkeeping and bill pay. And I'm celebrating 27 years in business, so that's pretty exciting. And today, we're this is our 55th episode, and I'm here today with Seth Zuckerman. Seth is a partner at Chowdhury Law, and he's a criminal defense attorney. He's a well-regarded former prosecutor who is fearless, tireless, and zealous for his clients. He's a wonderful advocate for them. And I know firsthand because I have referred someone to Seth, and he did an amazing job helping them out. And he's very compassionate too with his clients. He's also won the top 40 under 40 criminal defense attorneys in New York City. And he was recently named as a rising super lawyer in New York. So I'm very proud and pleased to have Seth with me. Welcome, Seth. Thanks, Judy, for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. So how do you, you know, why does someone need a criminal defense attorney? You know, there's different kinds of crimes. Are you doing white collar? Do you do everything? How does that all work? Those are all great questions. Well, first off, thanks again for having me. It's an honor to be on your show. Uh, I've watched many episodes and uh, it's, it's just an honor to be in the seat. So thanks again. Um, to, to, to start, um, you know, being a criminal defense attorney runs the gamut. Um, we handle both white collar cases primarily, but we also handle your traditional criminal defense blue collar cases, which are also commonly known as street crime cases as well. Um, you know, and it's not just people who are in trouble that need us. You know, sometimes people are just doing business with a company who finds themselves under investigation and law enforcement shows up at their door or they receive a subpoena. So there is sometimes where the common folk who are not doing anything wrong, people who are just, you know, minding their daily lives and business and law enforcement shows up and they need an attorney to represent their interests. So we do that um, from time to time where we represent people who receive subpoenas. We've represented victims of crimes people who are witnesses uh, in criminal or law enforcement actions. And then, of course, we represent those who are being investigated and who are accused. So how does this work? What are some of the things that you do? So say someone gets arrested and, for instance, a bail or bond is posted. How does that all work and how do you get involved there? Sure. So in an ideal situation, we're working with a client 
early on if there's an investigation. A lot of these white collar cases have longer term investigations by whichever law enforcement body is doing it, whether it's the Department of Justice, the Attorney General's Office, the Securities and Exchange Commission. A lot of those times we know about those investigations for a long time before there's any actions taken by those agencies. So we're involved, uh, you know, corresponding with our clients, corresponding with those agencies, trying to stave off charges. Um, our best, more successful cases are ones that people never hear about, where we're able to put our client at ease, nothing ever comes of it. It never becomes public. They never get charged. It goes away. The investigation just kind of dies. That's our, you know, our most successful cases that people don't hear about. Um, but if, you know, for some reason that doesn't happen, uh, if the government determines that the facts are what they believe that to be, and there are charges that are brought, you know, if we're involved from the beginning, we obviously then take over and deal with the charges that they're now facing. But there are obviously plenty of cases where people get arrested and they don't know that it's coming. Um, and they have to, uh, there's a bail hearing that's conducted. Uh, if there's bail in New York state now, there are a lot of uh, nonviolent offenses that are not bail eligible, which is all over the news. So there are a lot of uh, cases where there isn't bail uh, nowadays. Um, and, you know, you go to an arraignment, um, bail is determined whether or not there's going to be bail set or not. Um, obviously, if there's no bail, the client walks out with out of the arraignment with me. Um, or if there's bail set, we need to get the bail package together um, to get the client released. So can you explain a little bit about how that bail package works? I find that interesting. Sure. Um, there's a whole bunch of different factors, and it matters whether it's in federal court or state court. So the parameters differ. Um, but generally, you need to have um, financially secure people who will basically post a bond on your behalf. Sometimes that involves just posting cash. Sometimes that involves putting up property. Sometimes that involves going to a bail bondsman um, and giving them some type of collateral and the bail bondsman takes a fee. There are many different forms in which bail and bond can be posted in New York State. Um, and in the federal system, um, it's slightly different. You need a financially secure person uh, to, to post either property or collateral on your behalf. Um, but most of the times in the federal system, you get released and get time to submit um, those things while you're out of custody. Whereas in New York State Court, for example, you can't walk out of jail until the bond has been posted. Oh, that's pretty interesting stuff. So how does that work? So what if there's like a $500,000 bail or bond or whatever you call it? I think. So a lot of times in New York State, um, there are basically three different ways you could do it. There's a cash alternative, there's a bail bondsman alternative, and then there's a partially secured bond. Usually think about it's either usually 10%, sometimes 15%. So if you hear a $500,000 bond, you're usually going to need to post 10% of that, which is, you know, $50,000. So does that money get returned at the end of the, or is that money? That's that always the pay? biggest misconception with bail. If the, the point of bail is to ensure that clients return to court. If the client returns to court, regardless of whether they're convicted or not, people think if they're convicted, they're going to lose the bail money. That's not how it works. As long as you show up to all of your court appearances, there's no warrants for your arrest, then bail gets returned and exonerated at the end of your case. So that person who's posting bail on your behalf is basically just putting a down payment. It, it's a security for you that you're going to return to court. And once you do all of that on however many court appearances you have, that bail money gets returned. So there's a big, yeah, there's a big trust factor included in that. Yeah. And that's why sometimes people try and post their own bail. 
Um, but yeah, that's why usually it's the closest family members, closest friends, loved ones who post bail, the people that you trust. Um, because people that want to keep you out of jail. Correct. And then, right. and then that, and that's also the incentive for you not to flee, right? right? Is that you don't want these loved ones to lose the money. That's the whole point of bail, to, to, uh -huh. to decrease the risk of flight. I think it's kind of a mystery to us regular people out here. We don't really understand how the whole system works. And it's been in the news a lot lately with posting bails and bonds or whatever, which are the post called posting bail or posting a bond? Well, it depends. The oh, bail and bond is different. You know, uh, bail is if you're posting cash. Bond is if like there's an insurance company bond. Um, so there's different, you know, they're, they're kind of used interchangeably. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, no, there's a lot of misconceptions out there. There's a lot of news reports out there, especially since the bail laws in New York's changed a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, it's always it's always interesting to educate those people who are not familiar with the criminal justice system exactly how the day to day of it works. And when I have new clients, educating them as to you know here are the possibilities as we walk in, what can potentially happen today. I guess we're glad we don't know how it works because <laughs> yeah, we don't no, want that really experience. <laughs> and that's why people come to us, right? Because we are experts in this field. We we mm -hmm. deal with it on a daily basis, and we can advise people and you know walk them through the process. So you were first a, a prosecutor, correct? That's right. So I started my career. I was a prosecutor for approximately five years um, at the Brooklyn District Attorney's Office, um, and it was a wonderful experience. I was right out of law school. Um, got immediate trial experience, got to learn how to investigate cases and how to put cases together uh, from the eyes of law enforcement. Um, and then I've been on the defense side uh, since then. And, um, you know, I like you know, having the perspective of being a former prosecutor. So I know what prosecutors are thinking when they're trying to prosecute my clients, you know, when they're investigating the case, are they bluffing? Are they not bluffing? You know, I think having that experience on that side really gives me uh, guidance and also really makes me appreciate um, you know, a lot of the stuff that people who have been prosecutors their entire life don't really understand, right? Because, you know, I deal with clients, they are humans. And I think a lot of times, unfortunately, people who are government lawyers forget that there are humans on the other side of this. And so, like, you know, I deal with the emotional toll of that. Um, you know, I sometimes say I'm half lawyer, half psychiatrist, because um, I have to play that role for my clients. And that's kind of what I take pride in doing is being there to walk my clients through the process, since I do have the experience on both sides to, to be there for them and to put them at ease and, and their family and let them know, like, you know, I'll help you get through this. That's great. And I think for most of us in the service business, we also have to be a little bit half psychologists too, because even with us dealing with money with clients, you know, there's a lot of uh, emotions that come through. Of course. And we have to be able to be neutral and just give them comfort and, you know, the right advice or suggestions. So it's, yeah, I think that's really typical of the service industry. Yeah, absolutely. Being available 24-7, everyone having my cell phone number texting me at all days and hours of the night. I mean, I think that's part of the gig. Um, and I take pride in myself on being available to my clients at all times because they are going through this life-altering event. They really can't share it with a lot of people. Um, you know, their circle has to be very small. Um, and even then they shouldn't be talking about what's going on with anyone other than their attorneys. So, you know, I pride myself on, on making myself available for everybody. Oh, that's great, Seth. We're going to take a little break here and then we'll come back and we'll talk some more. Thank great. you. Hey there. I just want to tell you a little bit about my new book that just came out called Mastering Your Financial Life Cycles. And here it is. It's how to successfully manage your money in every decade of life. I co-authored this with my CFO, Liz Levy, 
And together we created this manual that's gonna help you through every stage of life. We talk about having a baby, we talk about young adulthood, pre-retirement, what to do when you're at that age of retirement. If you're contemplating divorce, do you need an estate plan? We cover all of these, each subject in a different chapter. And I really think that you're gonna find this so helpful because at the end of every chapter, we have checklists that you can look at and you can use and they can be a guide for you. So this is a wonderful manual that we've created. It's available on Amazon. You can also find it on our website at judithhep.com slash book. And we're here for you. If you need anything, reach out. I hope you enjoy the book. Here's another picture of it, just so you know what's going on. Here it is. And I'm really proud of it. It's my second book. And I'd love to have you uh, read it and give me your feedback. Judy Heft, judithheft.com, financial and lifestyle concierge, celebrating 26 years in business. And over the years, I've learned so much. And what I've been trying to do is impart a little bit of this knowledge to you so I can help all of you become as financially organized as I am. And we're back, everybody, to Mastering Your Financial Life. We're here with Seth Zuckerman, partner at Chowdhury Law. So, Seth, you know, there's a lot of interesting stuff. What happens if someone, like, gets hit by a car or slips on a sidewalk? Do you handle those kinds of cases, or is that different? We do not. Those are personal injury cases. Those Uh are lawyers who handle uh, plaintiff side actions generally on contingency. Um, But we don't we don't handle those cases Our, our our the cases that we handle are people who are being investigated by the government, people who are witnesses uh, to government actions, people who may be victims, we could help them through. And then one of the things that may apply to your listeners in often in white collar cases, there's something called a relief defendant. That's anyone who's received the perceived benefit um, from someone else's misconduct, but they didn't commit any wrongdoing, but they received, let's say a financial benefit of it. So for example, you know, something that w- that became a lot famous was during the Madoff uh, Ponzi scheme, there was a lot of clawback that was done from a lot of individuals because they had received funds, even if they had no knowledge of the wrongdoing, they had received funds as a result of the wrongdoing. So we deal with this a lot. People who, you know, who did nothing wrong, um, they just received money from a company who may have done something wrong or an individual who's later convicted of a crime. And it turns out that the money that that person used to pay the other individual were the proceeds of a crime. Well, then they, the government could t- technically claw that back um, uh, from a relief defendant. And so that could happen to anybody, um, especially someone who you know, invests in a lot of different things. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, investments or real estate or anything like that. So that's something that could happen to anybody. Um, and that may apply to some of your listeners. So why would they get the money paid to them? I'm a little, I don't quite understand that. Sure. Like, so here's an example. Um, you know, for example, you know, a father, uh, is committing a crime and his family has no idea about it. And it's a financial crime and he's been giving gifts to his children over the years, uh, to the tune of a lot of money. Um, and government ev- eventually arrests him, convicts him, they trace the money and they realize that his kids have received a lot of money over the years and they go to try and claw that money back. Wow, I never heard of anything like that. So the government's entitled, if they can prove that it's proceeds of a crime and these were basically gifts that were given, um, they, they can do something like that. I'm working on a case just like that. But also like in the Madoff stuff, you may recall, you know, there were a, a lot of people who made money from the phony returns were forced to give a lot of their money back. 
You know, it's the same situation. Um, you know, if the money is is flows to you uh, from the misconduct of another, even if you're not accused of wrongdoing, they could seek uh, disgorgement of those proceeds. Wow. Even if the person was innocent, didn't know. Oh, of course. Yep. Even if the person was innocent and did not know, that's that's usually a highlight of this is that the person doesn't know. If the person does know, then they obviously could be charged as a defendant. Right. The whole point of these relief defendants is the person is innocent of any wrongdoing, had no knowledge of any wrongdoing, just received a financial benefit, and then um, they could go after them for the additional funds. Wow, that's pretty interesting. I had no idea that something had happened like that. I guess I wasn't paying attention when the Madoff thing was going on. <laughs> yeah, that happened to a lot of people, uh, including right. the owners of the New York Mets. Um, and that actually put the Mets in a lot of financial strain when they were required to repay a lot of money to the Madoff trustee um, that they had obviously put into the team. And then they put them in a financial strain that they could no longer own the team. Wow, that's pretty interesting to know. Yeah, so you have to be careful. I guess you have to be careful accepting gifts from someone because you don't even know, even if it's your own family. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's actually a telltale sign of, of it is if if it's to a close family member, um, it's not at arm's length. Um, that's one of the things that the government looks for. Mm. But yeah, but if it's an investment, you know, who you invest with, what are the profits? Is it too good to be true? All of these things you always have to be on the lookout for because, you know, they could always try and seek it back from you later on. That's pretty fascinating to know. This was interesting. So how can our guests find you? Uh, so you could find me um, at our website, which is www.chaudrylaw.com. Uh, you could also reach me uh, by email at seth at chaudrylaw.com. Or you could reach us in the office at 212-785-5550. Um, or reach out to me on LinkedIn, um, Seth Zuckerman at Chaudry Law. And, uh, you know, I'm always hope happy to ch chat with anybody who has a question about criminal defense, you know, may have had the government had an interaction with the government, uh, may have been a witness, may have received a subpoena, um, or they believe they're the subject of any investigation. Always happy to chat with anybody who has any questions. Oh, that's great, Seth. Thank you so much. Well, this was really interesting talking to you. I learned a lot that I didn't know. Maybe I didn't want to know about criminal law so much, but if I ever come across anything, at least I feel a little more educated. But of course, I'll always refer them to you first before I give them the wrong information. Well, thanks, Judy. And, I, and I, it was a pleasure to be on. And I appreciate you me, giving me the platform to tell your viewers a little bit about this area, because I'm sure most of them uh, don't pay attention to this. I'm sure I'm a unique guest for your prior 54 guests, probably <laughs> at very different backgrounds than mine. So I appreciate you having me on. Oh, it's been a pleasure having you, Seth. Thank you so much. I think you really educated our listeners. You Thanks. educated me. So that's half the battle. <laughs> Thanks, Judy. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to Mastering Your Financial Life, hosted by Judy Heft. You can read chapters of her books and catch prior episodes of the show at www.judithheft.com. Thank you for your positive comments and sharing this show with others.